we are off and we are back with uh, the professional wrestler who is here to confess to everyone's superstitions that wrestling is in fact real, uh, but they have to pass it off as fake because um, uh, no athletic commissions would let them go that hard if they uh, if they did it. Well, that's actual facts. Yeah, uh, yeah. To be honest, we, we say that it's fake just so all the UFC guys don't come in mm. because if they do, then we're fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what yeah. the fuck are we supposed to do then? Mm. You know? Do you want to check your headphones on? So um, yeah, we'll check the uh, check, that way I can just have the uh, sound effects and you can understand what I'm giggling at. So um, wrestling is real. Yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> That's yeah, a great start. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now, you let, let's be real about it, all right? Now, I have been uh, responding to first comments on TikTok all day, which makes me think... Uh, I got those thirst comments from walking down in a onesie that covered me up. Like I may as well have been like in a burqa. Like there was nothing, there was barely anything of me to see except my face. Yet I'm getting thirst TikToks. You were out there in very tight uh, dungarees and no shirt on. Um, Do you get people coming up to you, offering you, propositioning you uh, after a show? Um. You're a fairly so, good-looking guy. So. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, to be honest, no, not really. No? Uh, I had uh, a, a dude grab my butt on the weekend at Oktoberfest. Uh, I wrestled there, and I was talking in the crowd to somebody after, and I was wearing my tights. I had no shirt on, and uh, somebody grabbed my ass, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's, it's a girl. Mm. And I turned around. No, it was a dude. It's yeah. always a guy, man. It's yeah. always a guy. Like... And he blamed his girlfriend too. He's like, it was her. Yeah. And she's like, no, it definitely wasn't. I was like, ah, oh, you sure? Yeah. You sure? Ah, oh, no. Uh, right. Look, um, it's it's nearly always a guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, wrestling doesn't attract much women, to be honest. Uh, I wouldn't think so, but, uh, you, you know, take what you can get. You know, yeah, man. that's it. Yeah. He did get my number after. Of so. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we are going on a date, so it's... Uh, yeah, nice. Well, this is how romance starts, bro. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, more to the point, why do you like doing comedy to the side of wrestling? Because going from wrestling to comedy seems like a real downgrade to me. From wrestling to comedy. Yeah. I don't know. I reckon they're on like par exactly, to be honest. You reckon? Yeah. You must cause... have a very low opinion. Of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. No, because wrestling is just like comedy, man. It depends what, what kind of wrestling we're doing, really. Like, mm-hmm. I like to do comedy wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, which is just being, especially like, I'm the, I play the bad guy in wrestling, right? Right. Um, so, like, I'm the butt of all the jokes. Right. Like, if I get like, uh, like, if the crowd gets one over on me and they're laughing at me, it's like, I've, you know, completed the joke. Right. I'm the punchline of the joke, right? right. In wrestling. Right. Um, and plus, I've always wanted to do comedy. Like, that was uh, a huge thing that I've always wanted to do in my life. But then, like, the fear of going in front of people and talking on a microphone. Like, there's one thing of, like, going in front of people in your underwear. That's, that's easy, mm. you know? But going in front of people and, like, speaking actual words and it's, trying to evoke yeah. an emotion from them, mm. that is terrifying. I, I get what you mean because it's it's... It's not like any other kind of performative art ever because it's literally just you and a mic. And, th- and this is why I shit on actors quite a lot. And, you know, professional wrestling is a form of acting, although they put a lot more effort. I'm talking movie actors. Yeah, you're talking TV like where actors. they have like multiple takes. Yeah, to, they yeah. have multiple takes to get something right. Um, they have 
people in their ear all the time telling them how wonderful they are. Um, they have script writers, they have directors, they have people who help them research their roles on some productions. It's like they have a lot of shit going on for them, you know? Comedians don't get any of that. It is We're literally live. just them, the thoughts in their fucking brain and a microphone. And like... And if they fuck up, it's on them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose that's why I liked it. Like, I mean, I boxed as a kid and I was really, really into it as a teenager. I was like doing it like quite seriously for about Did five Did you go years. for the Golden Gloves? No, no, no. I never got... Mum took me out of uh, boxing before I could uh, get that under my belt because she thought my grades were dipping. All right. But my grades got even worse after she took me out. So right. Yeah, was yeah. that because of the blows to the head or just you just CBF with school? Both. Both right. probably. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ultimate combination. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that really is the ultimate combination. It's like... Well, you know, I'm going retarded, but uh, I, I couldn't be fucked with school anyway. So, you know, just let me run amok. Yeah. So but when um, you were boxing, did you have your hands like down by your side? Like, I don't give a fuck if you hit me. I'm already gone. No, <laughs> Keep no. Going. I, because I was, I was in a funny sort of uh, weight category along with any, everyone else I trained with. Because anyone who was sort of my height was a little bit... Yeah, it's like, I'm not that tall now, but as a teenager in that boxing gym, for the weight I was at, I was probably one of the tallest guys. And any guy who was my height was usually older and heavier. So my coach had me sparring all of them. And when I'm fighting heavier guys, I don't want to get hit by them. So I was always just trying to like Mayweather out of it and just really I got I got really good at moving my feet and moving my head for a time. I don't have that in me anymore because my hips have like no, seized bullshit. up. It's deep down, mind. it's it's in there. It's you not. just gotta get it out. It's not. Yeah. Well maybe someday at my like celebrity boxing match. It just takes know? it just takes the right situation. The right like situation. you're out in Northbridge one night, you know, someone goes, Oi and then you turn around, boom. No You got I, magic feet again. I have a I have a response for anyone who starts on me, you know. What's someone that? says to me, oh, I'll knock you out, cunt, I'll just look them wild eyed and say I'll suck your dick cunt <laughs> you know? that's because then they've only let, they've only got two options it's like they well three options one they beat me up and then they may have committed a hate crime two they walk away hopefully or three they drop their dacks and if they drop their dacks they're priming themselves to get their cock bitten off now you tell me who's won that fight Sure, I may have had a cock in my mouth, but he no longer has a cock. Like I, in in my mind, I've won. You have won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah, taken yeah. a bit, like you've taken literally a piece of him. Yeah, I have, and I'm, I'm going to keep it as a trophy, and I'm going to hang it around my neck for the world to see. And it's like I'm going to get a photo of him and hang it on my wall and say, "This man tried to start on me, and I bit his dick off." You know how like the. It's like a fad these days of getting collector cards yeah. and wearing them around your neck. Yeah. You should do that with his penis. Yeah. Like like have it like flattened. Yes. And like squished in between two plates of glass and then yeah. wear that. And everyone's yeah. like, what the fuck is that smudge on your neck? Oh, it's guy's dick. I bit it off yeah. in Northbridge one night. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was fucking sick. Yeah, it was a sick time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep his balls in a pouch. Yes. On, my, on my waist you know? no, yeah bro you gotta keep the balls as a keychain oh yes, <laughs> like, yes. Oh, yeah, where'd you park your car oh just over there one sec yeah, pull yeah. them out oh what are those little dice no yeah. they're somebody's balls I yeah. took them yeah. <laughs> still got they the started on, on me yeah <laughs> it's like, yeah, they feel funny against your face yeah. <laughs> I can't rub them too hard on my beard because I'll velcro too no. you know, yeah. <laughs> 
I make that joke because I've been like I use this podcast to promote a lot of different sorts of people, and you're the first professional wrestler, which I've got a lot of questions about. But I promoted like drag queens, and like to promote drag queens, I go see their shows, and their shows, funnily enough, you wouldn't guess, usually held at gay bars. Really? Um, Yeah, yeah. I would never thought. Who would have thought? And uh, gay bars are funny because socialization isn't normal in there. Like, you can be having a normal conversation with someone. And then when you know someone else comes into the conversation, like someone that the person you're talking to knows and they greet them, it's like, it's not a handshake and a hug. It's like, if someone comes up and greets the person I'm talking to, I make myself vacant because I know they're about to eat each other's faces off for a few minutes. And it's like, all right, this conversation's over. They have got their tongues down each other's throat. I am... You don't ever try and like join the conversation when they're talking. Like, say they like they're kissing each other, and you're just like, "Yeah, how how was that game last night, eh?" Nah, nah. It uh, it um, I'd probably get some. I I'd feel weird about it. Yeah, but then as well as that, I get uh, I get hit on by very strange people, and it's always weird when I get hit on by another bearded man because it's like bearded men attract bearded men. Well, I, I was just thinking to myself, it's like, dude. If I was going to fuck a man, it would not be another man with a beard. It's that's interesting. So you've you made the choice to have a beard, mm-hmm. but then you wouldn't fuck another man with a beard. It, it's funny how sexuality works, man. You know, I just it's not for me. It is honestly not for me. I, yep, no, 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 no not going to happen. Probably in all likelihood. Sorry to any of the men out there with beards. All of them like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, no, they literally will be because I, I was literally making these videos today, like responding to, um, uh, responding to fucking, um, like TikTok thirst comments. Cause I've kind of had like a couple of viral vids on TikTok and I've got, and it's going well, but I've been getting lots of things. Like I had ones that said, please choke me to unconsciousness. And I was like, Jesus. Yeah, I know. It's like, ask me how my day is going at least, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How about you ask me how my day was and I'll choke you out while you're telling me. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is why women say chivalry is dead. And then that women are also right when they say men would fuck anything. And it's like, they're clearly right because there are men out there who would fuck me. And that's... I think they should go get their glasses checked first. Yeah, you're a good-looking man. I don't know about that. No, you're a good-looking man and it's a good-looking beard on you. Well, the, I'll take the compliment for the beard. I don't know about the rest of it. Anyway, on to wrestling. Now, so you play the bad guy. Yeah. Right. Now, do you have any, like, bad guy gimmicks that, uh, like, Jack the Snake? I, I was never much into wrestling, but I've gotten hell into watching the documentaries about wrestling. Oh, man, there's like, some the, they are <laughs> fucking fascinating. Yeah. And wrestlers are some of the most fascinating people considering like watching these documentaries, it's kind of opened my eyes to it. But they put their body through huge amounts of fucking punishment just for the sake of a like good performance. And it's like... That's why they're all crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. We, we put ourselves through so much shit just to hear people go, ooh. Now I do see the correlation between wrestling and comedy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like you'll go up on stage and like sometimes you'll do really well, sometimes you'll bomb, but you'll do it for that uh, that reaction from the crowd. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same as wrestling. And what's crazy is if you bomb, 
the really psycho ones keep getting back up on stage after they bomb. And yeah, they do. Yeah. I've had a few bombs. I've had a high. I've had a good success rate so far, but I've definitely had some bombs. Oh, so. I've had some absolute stinker bombs. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that makes you a stronger person. Oh, it does. It separates the the strong from the weak as far as comedy goes. It's like if you can't get back up on stage after you've bombed, you probably shouldn't be doing comedy. If you can get back up on stage after like a really bad bomb it's like it's, it's probably going to be keep doing it because you I know like you're chasing that feeling the whole time though because you know when you do really well oh, you come up and you just feel like a king you're d- like, oh, just smash that there is literally only two things that beat that feeling and that is probably sex and acid alright I agree on the first one I've never done acid personally so I don't know about that well you should All right. let, let, let me tell you I don't know, a 12 hour trip is a very long time to be in a state. It's a good, I mean, look. Like, like usually six. Cancel your appointment. Look, yeah, don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Free up your day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're not going to be doing anything else. Or if you try to do anything else, you will have little to no success with it. Um, but shit, it is a. It's different every time. And uh, I say that after having a really bad trip, you know, it's like a fucking, a bad trip is like, that's a long time to be tripping bad. Oh man, it was, you you look at your watch and you're like, oh, it's only been two hours. Yeah, it is (laughs) truly horrendous. It is truly fucking awful. But when you've had those bad trips, have you been with someone who was sober at the time? Hmm. At parts of it. I've had one bad trip and luckily two people came and looked after me, but they had to come and look after me. And I was like less than fantastic. I was I was a lot to deal with. Like I'm a bit bigger I was a bit bigger and a bit stronger than those two people. And I was like getting naked in the street, fireballs were falling from the this was in Armdale, so this happens all the time. Yeah. Um like uh, but you know, fireballs were falling from the sky. I thought my friend's face was aging before me. I was jumping on cars. I was running down the street. I was trying to like, like put my head underneath a fucking car tire and things like that. I, I was like a real handful, and it was difficult for them because it's like I knew who they were, and I wasn't trying to fight with them, but I was just like being a fucking nuisance for them. I wasn't like hurting. I was doing. Everything I could to not hurt them, but everything I could to like possibly hurt myself. Yeah. So it was it was pretty fucking horrendous. But that was just one bad experience. I've had many other great experiences. Well, so. so like the, the good experiences outweigh the bad experiences. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. By, by far. By uh, 10 times over. 10 times over. 10 times over. Um, and the thing is, the good experiences become better after you've had a bad experience because... You're never in control of the trip, but you learn how to navigate it a bit better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you learn how to not freak the fuck out. You know, like kind of just take a step back and go, well, this is an experience that's happening to Yes. Me and I just need to go through it. Exactly. And you also learn when to like, when you're in a place where there's a high likelihood of freaking the fuck out, um, i.e. a nightclub with lots of doof doof music, you get to a point where it's like, I would never take acid again. I should, I should leave this place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just speak into the mic for me. Hello. Why is that not fucking... Why are you not talking? Speak into it again. Hello? Oh, I can hear my voice now. Hmm. 
Right. So could I not? <laughs> could you not hear my voice that whole time? No, before? no, no, no. I think it was picking you up. It was just <laughs> being gay about it. Damn, it just missed our great conversation about it. No, us. it didn't. No, it didn't. I'm sure it didn't. Um, <laughs> I'm sure everything is completely fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plus, this mic's sensitive. We'll pick you up. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, fuck it. If anyone's going to complain about that audio, I just tell my guests, like, when I get them to start saying obscene shit, it's like, what'd you do last Friday night? No, I don't want to say that on record. I just say, no one listens to this podcast, man. No yeah, but one. if they search up that person's name, say like for a job interview and stuff like that, or I, yeah, and listen yeah. to it. But then, who when somebody's like researching someone for a job, who's going to listen to like an hour and a half podcast? Yeah, just it's, to see if this person's okay for a job. Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's been my whole point. That's been my whole thing. Where you know, people come to me, man, it's like you do some say some pretty outrageous shit on your podcast, and I was like, yeah, no, no one's going to listen to it, man. No, no one who, no. No, what I'm worried about is going to listen to it. So, really, yeah. if somebody's hiring someone and they listen to a podcast that they've been on, and like they're just revealing all this shit, like acid, mushrooms, all that stuff, Look, they'd be like, "Well, the Christmas party's going to go well." I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. One sec. Let's have a quick pause. I think Alex forgot to hit record here until about halfway through a sentence. So this is what you get. My future, I'm going to go into like working in technology and shit. And then year 11 happened uh, and I was introduced to um, bongs and it just downhill mm. completely. Just completely going downhill? Yeah, pretty I love, much. I love that. That's, I mean, that's what I live for really, to be fair. Like just going downhill. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot more fun than going uphill to me. Yeah, honest. it is. I feel like going uphill is a lot str- more stressful, you know? Well, it's... It's not that it's even more stressful. It's that it's not even that there's much, not much work. It's the fact that your velocity is just not as fucking fast. And it's like, because I remember growing up, there used to be like near my house, there used to be this downhill kind of pathway that it uh, had fences on either side of it. And it was kind of like the cut through for a street for between two streets. And it was downhill the whole way. And we lived about two, a two or three minute walk from a Coles at the time. So we would nick trolleys all the time, take them to the top of this hill and just send it. And just me, mates and my brothers and just like, and it had those things where like, you know, those, like, what are they called? It's like those things that you have to, that, that it makes you walk around. So you can't just exit out. I think it's yeah, meant to like, like stop. like two barriers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's meant to stop four-wheel drives or cars or it's something. It's supposed to stop fun. That's what it's supposed it, to it, be. It, well, I mean, it didn't stop our fun because half the fun was just crashing into it at like fucking 50Ks an hour just, and, and just f- flying over the top. You All you had to on? hope for is that there were no cars on the street coming by because you were just... <laughs> You just roll over the top of it onto the street, and uh, yeah, that would not be that would not be a great time. Fuck the things you do when you're a kid, eh? Oh, man. With just no fear. I remember we um, we set off fireworks on our school over like eleven o'clock at night, mm. and like this thing went pew pew in the sky, and then it fell over, mm. and it was like aimed at us. And we're like, fucking run. Mm. And this thing just starts firing fireworks at us. We end up behind a wall. This thing's just firing fireworks at the wall. We're like, holy shit. Mm. And we just had to wait till it ended. 
And then all we hear is, we're like, fucking run. And then we ran back to our mate's house. So, yeah, if you've got fireworks and you're in your teens, definitely play with them Mm. as much as you can. Yeah. Because when you're older, you'll start to realize, this is dangerous. Mm. I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. I mean, run as much risk when you're young as possible because not only that, your body can take so much more damage, it seems like, when you're younger. It definitely can. It comes up later on, but we'll worry about that later. Yeah, 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 that's true. But, like, do you remember, like, the things you used to just roll away from that if you did now, you'd just be like, oh, yeah, Like, jumping out of trees, like, stacking your bike. Flipping um, over the handlebars. Flipping over the handlebars. (sighs) Like, just so much stuff that as a pretty much from the ages of 8 to, I want to say, 16... You just walk away from. You know, I remember as a kid, think like I looked at my parents and I'm like, why don't you guys ever fall down? Like, yeah. I fall down all the time. I've always got scabs and shit on my knees. Yeah. But you guys don't fall down. And then as I've gotten older, I've realized, oh, because as you get older, you're like, ah, it's, you get, you get more reserved. Mm. You know, like this is too dangerous. I can't do this. Or I, I can, but it's going to fucking, it's going to impact me a bit. Well, I think that takes longer to develop in some people than others. I, and I feel like being a professional wrestler, you must be a little bit similar. I still really, really like to do stupid shit. Um, I think at uh, a Bucks party, I think we were a Bucks party fairly recently. I was the first to put my hand up for the human dartboard. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll fucking do it. And, yeah. <laughs> I like how you're like, yeah, and then you're like, oh, fucking do it. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. That reserve came in. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, ah, wow. Yeah, go on. Yeah. And will be another time, like recently, and I've still got the footage from this, where like we, my friend has a marin pond in his backyard, and we got the marin out, and we were like, do you want to, they know they can like talk me into nearly anything for a laugh, and I was like, there's not much I won't do for a laugh, and they were like, Alex... Will you take a marin to the earlobe? Like, these things have got pretty vicious claws on them. And I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. We filmed it, and I tell you, that was one of the shittiest fucking things I've ever had to deal with. This thing, it just would not come off. And like, yeah, it just, it was on there for like a solid few seconds, and I could just not get the pincer off. And then the, my mate who was holding it, he started twisting it, trying to get it off. And I was like, don't twist the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, that's making it worse, God. Just chop the fucking arm off. But we didn't have to chop it off. We got it off in the end. And we were like, we were going to cook it. But then we were just thinking, nah, you've, you've, you've done a good job for the night. Go back into the pond with your mates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you gave it a taste for blood. We and did. And then gave it back to its mates. Yeah. So it probably ended up eating all of its mates. Ah, uh, I mean, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was, that was fucking horrendous. Not the most painful thing I've ever had to deal with in my life, but one of them. I feel like the most painful thing was probably getting drunk with friends off. I think we had, I want to say, we had nothing else to drink and we were like 17 at the time. But some, I'd, I'd managed to get my whole hand on these like 12 bottles of champagne. Yeah. And champagne's a dangerous drink. It's not it something is. I enjoy drinking, but it is dangerous. And when, when you've got nothing else to drink, it's perfectly substitute. But it goes down so easy and 12 bottles is between the three guys. It's quite a bit. It's a fair amount. 
And we got fairly pissed off these bottles of champagne and we just got clobbered. And yeah, we thought it'd be a fun idea to heat up knives and, and, and brand each other. With them. <laughs> and uh, the other two guys only took one. And uh, Weak. Yeah, I took three. In fairness, they, <laughs> were, they were the smart ones. I thought you were going to say two. <laughs> I took three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And two uh, extra more. Yeah, yeah. They've still got those scars. They're pretty... Did you at least brand your name? No. it was. We just did it with an old fishing knife. Oh, what the fuck? We just had, a fishing knife up on the stove and it's like... You so know. you've just got random marks on your body now. Yeah. You should have got at least done. I should have. I should have. We should have like barbed up some. Or your initials. Yeah, that would have been that would have been dope. Yeah, or like a love heart on the ass cheek. Yeah, love heart on the because then that comes up in the bedroom. Yeah, and you're like, oh, where'd you go? Funny story. Me and my mates were branding each other one time. We could, and the thing is, I could have like faked a story and told a cooler story, and it's like, yeah, I was, uh, I was this, um, I was so good at sex with this uh, milf. Uh, I was a boy toy. And uh, she wanted to leave a mark on me when uh, when I finally had to end it with her. So, yeah, she tied me down and branded me. And it's like, isn't that a crime? And be like, no, nah, it was really hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 And we had some really kinky sex afterwards. With it, you know? yeah. Really got me in the mood, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. What are people going to think when we get when they listen to this? Uh, I think they're going to be like, oh, wow, these guys have lived some lives. Yeah. They've had well, some experiences. And that's what life's all about. It's about yes, experiences. Yes. Who wants to, you know, who wants to live to 90? Die young, leave behind a good looking corpse. I exactly. Say. Who remembers people that live to 90? No one. You remember the people that die young. Kurt yes. Cobain. Yes. Exactly. Still talking about him today. We are. We are. And, uh, you know, he left his mark for the world to see. You know? Exactly. Left his mark all over a wall too. But, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I want to talk to you a little bit. So you're the bad guy in wrestling. Yep. Now, do now like again? I never watched wrestling a heap as a kid, but like the bad guys won sometimes. Have you? Do you win enough? Like, <laughs> that's the best question I've ever heard. Yeah. Do you win enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, my do you per- wish you could win more? Or? Um, well, my perception of wrestling is um, it's predetermined. Right, so we're told who wins, who loses. Of course. Um, so it's not an actual. There is a fight involved. I just have to say this as well, right? So with wrestling, everyone thinks it's fake. Everyone calls it fake. Whenever somebody finds out I'm a wrestler, they're always like, "Ah, oh, is it fake?" They always use that word. And yeah, it's predetermined. But when we're in that ring, we want you to think, or we want to at least, um, like capture your imagination to the point where you think that we the two people in that ring genuinely hate each other so we actually do hit each other Mm. as hard as we possibly can but we just do it in safe places Mm. so like a forearm will be into the side of the neck a chest clubs like on the chest back clubs on the back Mm. we're not actually hitting each other sometimes you do get hit in the face like i've had a guy do a a cannonball Mm. so like i'm in the bottom of a corner a guy comes running does a front flip Mm. and then lands on me uh his Heel went straight into my eye uh, and cut me open. Um, that was a good time mm. because then we got blood in the match and everyone was like, whoa, it's blood. And mm. no, it's not ketchup, by the way. That's mm. another thing I need to say. I don't, I've don't. i never met another wrestler that has used fake blood in a match. Um, the way we actually get blood is we just... Um, you remember Cut for Bieber? 
Cut for Bieber. Cut for Bieber. Remember when Justin Bieber was upset, so the world started cutting themselves for him? Uh, no, but if uh, anyone who ever did uh, cut themselves for Bieber, I would advise one thing. Keep cutting yourself. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. world does not Because that you. shit is pathetic. Yeah. You know? So we actually cut ourselves in the ring. We get a razor blade and we cut just above the eyebrow on the uh, on their hairline. And then, yeah, I know. People are like, what the fuck? That's crazy. Why would you do that? And yeah. it's like, to, to get a reaction from the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> like, we do stupid We're talking about shit. dedication to a bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's super dedication. Mm. But, like, you're not, it's not something you do every night, obviously, you know? Like, yeah. you leave it for the special matches where you've been building up. I see that. Two guys that hate each other. And it's like, we need to, like, make some... We need to add something that's going to give it a little bit of oomph. Mm. Let's get somebody to bleed. Right. Well, let's talk about real quick the watching these documentaries like um, The Dark Side of the Ring and all that stuff. Those are amazing documentaries. They are so well done. They are so fucking well done. Especially when it comes to terms of like the, you know, showing the physical trauma that you guys put yourselves through on like a like a daily basis. Like I was watching like when, you know, way back in the day of like the nineties and the late eighties of wrestling, you know, that golden era of wrestling as they called it, they were like, yeah, they were on the road. They were doing like three or four shows a week. Oh, even more than that. It was like five shows a week. Then two on Sundays. It was like 300 plus days a year. They were on the road, which is crazy. Yeah. When like, you're like hurting yourself. And then your body's all fucked, and then you got to hop in a car, and you got to drive for eleven hours, yeah. and then you got to get out of the car. You got to get like four hours of sleep. Then you're up. Then you're doing media for the day, and then you got to go to the show, do it all again. Yeah, I mean, no wonder the top tier guys get paid so well, and yeah. no wonder why they have to be on so many drugs to keep going. It's Especially like, back then. Yeah, that would have been like, and they had a, a doctor, I believe. They would just prescribe them anything they needed. Yeah. So like they would just line up outside this uh, this doctor's office, and uh, they would just give them like a bucket full of like pills, steroids, anything they needed. Yeah. Like, things to sleep, things to stay awake, uh, <laughs> things to just get through oh, the day. I wish I had a doctor like. Yeah, that. it sounds yeah, like yeah. a dream, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. like, wow, these yeah. guys. What do you need, life. dude? Uh, I need a, I need a kilo of ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> I need a hundred sheets of acid and uh, I need uh, about a hundred dick pills on top of it. Yeah. And while you're at it, throw in a, throw in a pound of MDMA and uh, th- that should be a day. You know, that should keep me covered yeah. for at least the weekend. Yeah, like, you know? Is that for the week? No, no, that's just my Saturday. Yeah, night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, talking about um, doing copious amounts of acid, like they were talking about insane acid overdoses recently. So can you OD on acid? Is that a possibility? You can't. You can't die from. I don't think you can die from an overdose. But can you send yourself to a mental institution on it? Yes. Right. Yes, you most certainly can. But the thing is, you can overdose, and there can be positive ramifications for it. Like there was this woman who had a severe case of bipolar, and I think she took accidentally mind you like she didn't meaningfully ingest this amount of acid but she um yeah accidentally took um like the equivalent of about 130 tabs of acid which is like how do you accidentally take that i think she took it in its raw liquid form right okay yeah and it cured her severe bipolar disorder and it's like 
I'm not advising anyone to go around and do 130 tabs of acid. I think you'll be in for a really bad time. Um, but yes. that's, I find that really interesting. I think I saw that in a movie, hey. Mm. Where they, they, kid, they kidnapped this guy and they had the like a bottle full of the liquid form of acid. And they were like, if you just like, one drop on a tab, yeah. that's like, that's a tab. Yeah. And they like, they just, um, I don't know, they needed to kidnap this guy for some reason. And then they just make him chug this big bottle and he just starts looping it completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know the movie. I think it was um, uh, Good Times. With Robert, had Robert Patterson in it. That's it. Yes, I yeah, do yeah, remember yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, where he's got, he's trying to look for his brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Having it. done a bad trip before and having seen that, I was just thinking to myself, "Oh, that would like having had that a bad trip. That would have been <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." Talking about meeting God. Eh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, and anyway, now back to wrestling. So, another thing I got from those documentaries about the dark side of the ring and whatnot was. It seems the guy, the guys who play like the bad guys of the ring. In those documentaries, they always said the bad guys of the ring were always the nicest guys, and the heroes of the ring, the most popular guys of the ring, had like the biggest egos and were the biggest pricks behind the scene and whatnot. Is that true from your experience at all? No, not really. Everyone's pretty cool that I've um, interacted with in the wrestling world, whether they're a good guy or a bad guy. But I can see where that comes from because, like, when you're a good guy and you get cheers all the time, your ego gets boosted. Mm. And it does. I see it a lot in the wrestling world. Like sometimes the guys take it too, not too seriously, but they start to believe in their own hype uh. and they stop believing that it's a show that's been like you know written and they have to do things a certain way mm-hmm. they're like oh no this is how people actually feel about me it's like no no you're you're going out there and you're playing a character when you come back and you're yourself they don't still believe that that you're that, that character you know when leonardo DiCaprio was in titanic mm-hmm. no one thought he was jack after titanic sank yes you know they're not like jack hey how's rose mm. uh, she's got that new life you know you, they think that you'll be crazy yeah right but for some reason especially with good guys that does tend to happen but I've I've never seen it personally. I've I've heard stories about it, like in like the big leagues, like in the US and stuff like that. Um, which I don't know. It's it would happen, you know. Like imagine you you get into uh, say a massive company, and then all these people start following you on social media. Uh, you start getting all this attention. It would be hard not to let it go to your head. As well as that, when you're in character and you're doing shows three hundred days of the year. So you're in a character more often than not. And you're like, when you're at that amount, you're like, you know, when you, I mean, you've probably experienced it in wrestling and I know I've definitely experienced it in comedy. When you've had a good show and you come out of the show, you are like on top of the world. Oh, cloud fucking nine. It is crazy how good you feel. Yeah. And, um... You know, sometimes it lasts longer than others, but when you're doing that 300 days of the year and you're like a highlight act and everyone thinks you're fucking amazing, and I imagine like that's just got to be like chemically, that chemical sense of endorphins and adrenaline post-show, that being sustained throughout the year, that's got to be like, there's got to be some kind of psychological element of that where it's bad, which is like it is not normal to it, it is not right for the human brain to experience this amount of adrenaline all the time or this crazy amount of endorphins all the time. I think that's why so many wrestlers turn to drugs because they have that endorphin hit 
and then they like they they stop having that endorphin hit and they're like i need that high again i yeah. need that high again and then they get into drugs mm. like i i read um the motley crew biography recently yeah, yeah and like they say after their first tour like literally every night they're just going absolutely crazy they're doing copious amount of drugs they're getting adrenaline rushes from the concerts then they go home after the tour and they're just fucking flat and they're like I need to get that. I need to get that high again. Yeah, you know, and it, I, I just feel like that's probably the same in all or most aspects of entertainment. Mm. You know, but then you don't see much comedians doing a lot of drugs these days. Oh, uh, we're pretty no. chill. I mean, I'm, I'm coming up to the point where I'm having a tolerance break from drugs. Yeah, I know when I need a break from drugs, and um, not that I was doing a heap amount, but I feel like. I played up to the gimmick that I had a big night before on Sunday. I really didn't. I was out late all night and uh, I had some questionable rendezvous yeah. with uh, questionable people. Yeah. But I didn't actually do any drugs. I like to play up to that gimmick like before I go on stage and while I'm on stage. So That's exactly like me. Like I'll say, I always start my set with I, um, I'm sore. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm not sore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm completely fine. Well, again, sometimes I didn't have training the other night. Mm. Sometimes I was just sitting at home playing GTA. Mm. Well, I've always said that comedians are actors playing an exaggerated version of themselves. And I find when you're off stage beforehand, part of like getting ready to go up on stage and be on stage doing that bit is like... I mean, sometimes for me, I'll do it the entire day before. Other times it'll just be a couple of hours before a show. But like there's a psych up before you know you're going on stage. And there's like mental preparation you go into. And you kind of adopt that exaggerated uh, caricature of yourself. So while it's not disingenuine uh, of yourself, like you, you are being genuine to yourself... It is definitely still an exaggeration, I think. And yeah, I was saying to Tim Kershaw, I was like, yeah, I'm cooked from last night. And he was like, oh, do that a lot. And I was like, yeah. Reality was, it was like, no, I'm just fucking tired because I've had way too many late nights and it's been a really busy week. But it's a lot more fun to explain it by saying, oh, I was cooked last night. It is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I feel like I'm, I feel like uh, it's been about two maybe three months since I've done anything. Maybe I'm coming up to time to try really? again. You've yeah. been sober for two or three months. Yeah. Congratulations. I just, I just want to say on the podcast, congratulations. Oh, well, I'm not sober. Shit. I don't have a problem. I'm just like, <laughs> no, yeah, 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 so yeah. You just said you were sober for three months. Yeah. So you've not had anything. Oh, I've had a couple of drinks here and there. Oh, okay, but right. like, rarely. Like, I can control my alcohol consumption really easily. Yeah. Because um, I only drink cocktails. For one. Yes. So expensive. Expensive, which means like unless people are buying me drinks, I don't tend to buy a lot of drinks. Also, I'm very good at getting people to buy me drinks. Um, I'm really good at endearing myself to absolute strangers. And I have a very good eye at picking out a cashed up stranger. Um, I remember one time I got a dude to buy me, I think, a whole jug of redneck lemonade, which is about a $40 jug of just this bourbon, rum, and lemonade moonshine mix. It's 
awesome. How did you how did you do that? What did you see? He had like nice shoes. On he or no, I said he was like uh, we were at the bar together, and I was like, "What are you drinking for tonight, bro?" And he was like, "Celebrate my new job, man! I got the new job." And I was like, "Oh, congratulations, man!" It's like you know what you should do. And he was like, "What, man?" And I was like, "You should buy that drink to celebrate. I've had it before. It's absolutely delicious. You will love it." And he was like, "Well, let me buy you. T- let me buy you a couple, bro." And I was like, "Oh, if you want." And, and uh, yeah, it's like I had no intention of him buying those drinks, but once he bought them and they were in front of me, it's like, "Well, they're here now. You know, it'd be rude not to drink them." Honestly, I've done the same, but I find the easiest way is uh, when you're at the bar. And say there's a girl next to you and you've been in line before them, right? Mm. And you just say to them, you say, hey, um, if the bartender chooses you first, you should buy me a drink. And then they usually go, but you were in line before me. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I just, I have this feeling. And the Mm. bartender always does. They always pick the girl over the guy. Literally, and the, you know what's worse? The bartender, if, you, if you're a bartender out there and you do this, fuck you, mm. all right? They look at you dead in the eyes first and they go, who's next? And then they go to the person next to you. And yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, why yeah, the yeah. fuck did you do that? You just got my, I've just been standing in this line. I've got my, el- you know, the universal rule where you put your elbows on the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah. got to do that. Otherwise, they don't know you're next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that took me a time like to realize. You know what? It's partly in, there's two things about it. Cause I work behind a bar and I'm very good at keeping track. I mean, I don't work in a busy bar, super busy bar. Yeah, it's busy, but I'm very good at keeping track of who's next because I want to make sure everyone gets served. The only time I'll ever cut someone back to the back of the line is when I know they're a dick and it's like, you're getting served last because I don't like you. Yep. And I think there's only about- What instigates someone being a dick? Oh, uh, just- over familiar shit talk like as a bartender i have a lot of regulars who i honestly don't mind shit talk with like a lot of them are good natured a lot of them are good boys and you know they're fucking they're, they're pretty how you going and so banter is flowing back and forth between me they know me i know them so and you know we're just running uh, fucking havoc with one another there's some people who get a little bit too familiar and it's like what, you don't know your beard or something. Well, no, it's like you don't know me that well. I don't know you that well. Like, I don't like you to begin with. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, the, yeah, but how do you know that you didn't like them? I just been something over familiar. Yeah, or? just been over familiar. It's like never like you need to understand. It's like I used to be a sparky. Now I work in hospitality, which, I, funnily enough, the pay wage is less, but the work I enjoy way more yeah because sparky you're in roof spaces all day roof spaces underground mines shit places yeah whereas working in hospitality especially nighttime hospitality especially being a cocktail waiter i call making cocktails the uh magic art of potion making for taking people's clothes off yep. yeah so uh that's my potion specialty with co- when you make cocktails right you could actually put whatever the fuck you want in that cocktail. Yeah, yeah. I'm not re- really not going to know. Like, no. I asked, um, do you know what a bramble is? A what? A bramble? No. So, all right. So, I went to Mandra a couple of months ago, right? Mm-hmm. And when I was there, I went to this distillery and there was this thing called a bramble. Uh, and it was gin and, like, sugar syrup and shit like that. It was fucking amazing. I had it. It was great. Mm. And I've been to a couple of places in Perth since. And every time it's a cocktail bar... Or something of that nature. I'm like, oh, do you know how to make a bramble? And they just look at me and they go, 
yeah, I can make you a bramble. Like, they're not too sure. Mm. And every single time they come out with a different drink. And I'm like, I wonder what the fuck they're going to do with this. I will not do that with you. I will just be like, yeah, I can make it for you. And I will Google it for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's good honesty. If it's busy as well, I will say, no, I can't make that for you. But there's not many, there's not too many cocktails I don't have confidence in that I can't make. Like, I, I make a few, I have a few good ones. And I've come up with a few of my own too, so... I'm trying to tr- I'm trying to trademark them. So is they is a Long cocktail. Island iced tea a cocktail? I'll say yes. You say yes. I I only found it recently. Long Island iced teas don't actually have tea in it. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. why I never had it. Yeah. And someone's like, no, it's just got everything else in it. Yeah, it's got. It's literally got alcohol, 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 and some Coke for the coloring. That's why about f- it. Why is it called, why is it a tea and why is it from a Long Island? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like as a bartender, I really should know, but yeah. I'm going to research like, that. Do you ever get the history of drinks so you can tell the people? Um, No. I'm much more concerned with the recipe. I have a bad memory at the best of times and remembering the recipe is easier for me because I enjoy uh, making cocktails. But yeah, working behind the bar is something different. Um, if they ask for something that's not on the menu, will you do it? Depending on how busy I am. Okay. If it's if it's not on the menu and I and it's like, you know, it's fairly steady night. You know, we've got time. It's like let me Google that for you, and then I'll look at how many shots are in there. Generally, I value at anything where it's like. Generally, you've got to value it. Depending, obviously, depending on the cocktail, you make some deductibles on it. But generally, everything comes to around somewhere between six to nine dollars a shot, and that's just for the house stuff. Not even, never mind the top shelf. Yeah. Not that you make cocktails with top shelf stuff. It's a cocktail. So top shelf stuff is just for appearance, really. No, top shelf stuff is what you drink either straight or on the rocks. Usually, it's maybe in a shot. Yep. But you wouldn't bother mixing it in a cocktail because it's like when you were having like a top $20 scotch, um, you want to enjoy that scotch. You don't want fucking pineapple juice and Midori and sugar syrup with it, you know? Yeah. It's like you want, uh, you just want the shot maybe with ice and that's, yeah. about, and that's two, about it. Two bits of ice, let it sit for a minute mm-hmm. and then send it. Send yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I can yeah, send yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> Down the hatch. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's pretty much it. Like, if anyone asked me, like, wanted me to make them a special cocktail and they asked me to make it with a certain type of spirit on the bar, I would be feel obligated to point out to them that's going to cost you more because that's a more expensive spirit. Yeah. Well, that's good that you say that. So you don't just, like, surprise them with it? No. We're like, oh, yeah, I'll do that for you. That's $45. Yeah, look, I... Part of me... that There is a part of me that desires that, but, like... Depends if you like them, if they're giving off a good vibe. You know, I'd never fuck anyone over for their money, you know, because it's, like... Especially working behind a bar. Um, There does come a point... I had to get... I got told off by my boss recently for this, and she was right in telling me off because my boss really doesn't mind a, a whole lot of what I do behind the bar in terms of chatting with customers because she's knows I'm I'm very good at talking people into buying drinks. Yeah. And like you're a salesman. I fucking really am when it comes to alcohol and I can I recommend things to them and I sell them on it, but sometimes you like 
sometimes you use banter to sell something and sometimes you, you use flirting to sell something depending on the customer. Anyway, I got groped up by a woman I had flirted with usually and she... What, she groped you from over the bar? No, no. I was around the table picking up glasses ah, and she comes right. up to me and just nearly sticks her hand down my pants. And I was like... Nearly. Mm. Like, Whoops, that's not now, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't reciprocate, but I didn't say anything either. And uh, it was fucking... Yeah, I really should have... Uh, said something because like you don't want that happening to the other hospitality you know you people can't be you know bar staff are like fucking museum ornaments so look but don't touch policy you know yeah now anyway enough about hospitality all right that's bullshit i talk about that with drag queens all the time all right, right. and fuck those bitches um but uh no i love you girls um but uh the other thing i wanted to chat with you about is in terms of being a bad guy on in wrestling is that enjoyable oh, for it's you the best fucking thing in the world yeah. i used to be a good guy and then when my uh my trainer was like hey we're gonna turn you a uh, heel that's what we call it in the business we have face which is a good guy and then you have heel which is a bad guy right and he's like we're gonna turn you heel and i was like oh man what like i don't want to be a bad guy i hate like getting cheers mm. it's it's good you know like you go out people like you giving high fives and shit but then i turned bad guy and Fuck, there's just something amazing about getting booed. Because, like, that's. Is it more freedom? Yeah, Mm. literally. Like, when I was wrestling at Oktoberfest um, on Saturday, I was versing a guy called the Great George. Great George, great face. Like, amazing face. Gets up on the top rope. He has this music that goes. And, like, he does this shit. And everyone's like, yeah. And everyone's getting around him. Like, everyone's getting into it. And I was like, how do I establish that I'm a bad guy because none of these people have seen me before Mm. you know they've just seen the good guy so how do I establish that I'm a bad guy within like five seconds of them seeing me so I just put two birds up to the sky Mm -hmm. um, middle fingers by the way and I just start walking and I'm like uh, I'm like I hate everyone here because um, you're all at a German drinking festival and I'm Jewish and everyone just goes boo and I'm like well you probably shouldn't have booed that, you know, like yeah. you probably should have sympathized, but at the same time, and then everyone just hated me. And because they hated me, they loved him more, mm. you know? And then I didn't even win that match. I lost that match, but I still got that same high because I've done my job. Yeah. My job is to make people hate me, love him. Yeah. They, at the end of the match, they loved him. When he got the one, two, three, everyone cheered. Everyone was like, yes. I was like, my job is done. Well, now you've opened up three questions, most important of which, are you actually Jewish? I am, yeah. So it's, I'm not a practicing Jew. Right. Um, it's well, we're going to need to see you, cop. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, it goes back um, to my, I think my mother's side. And I've heard that if it's on your mother's side, then you actually are Jewish. Uh, but then I've heard I think, that too. I think they stopped practicing um, during World War II. I think so. Yeah, very convenient, <laughs> extremely yeah, convenient. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I didn't know for my whole life, and then my mom told me like I think three, four years ago. Yeah, yeah. She was like, "Ah, we're Jewish," and I'm like, "What?" That explains the. Yeah, actually, I don't want to say too much, but yeah, you what have was... a proportionate nose. Nah, it's yeah, a bit you of a, do. Nah, it's a bit of a sticky. Look side on for me. No, you don't. You you have a you you have a fucking good nose. On <sighs> you, like, there's know, nothing mate. wrong with that schnoz. That's because that's because of the lines, mate. No, <laughs> <laughs> over time, you know, yeah. it's, it's brought it back in. Yeah, right. You know, right, when you get right. that bit of a cave in. I I I I I know what you mean, but uh, no, you, you you don't look Jewish. And, really? Yeah, no, you don't. Uh, I act Jewish sometimes. 
Why? Like, do, I you, feel, do you refuse to pay for the basketball? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> some, yeah, sometimes I do. Like, sometimes I'm out with my friends and they'll just like, who's getting the tab? And it's like, oh, you are Jewish, Cam. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, if you ever need to make it in Hollywood... Just come to me. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. run the thing. So, yeah. so well, good. look, now that I've met, uh, officially met a Jew um, who's in show business, um, I suppose you can like, uh, you can point me in the direction of someone's dick to suck that will put me up to the next level in show business. Hell yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I could, yeah, I could show you people that you, that you could just suck their dick anyway, man. Yeah. Honestly. There's, there's people we'll out get there. get something for it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, you won't get nothing for it. Oh, like, cool. They'll just be like, oh, off you go, on your way. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, I can't testify to my dick-sucking uh, abilities. Um, I can testify to my ass-fucking abilities, you know, um, but yeah, like... But are you a giver or are you a receiver? I, like, I'm, I'm a giver. You're a giver. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's that's generally how that goes, you know, yeah. Um, so I don't know what use I would be, but like for the right price, I could make a compromise. <laughs> like, if you told me- It has to be the right price, man. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if someone told me, oh, we're going to make you the next Zach Galifianakis, who do I need to suck off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd make that deal. Oh, I'd definitely do that. Yeah. Like, how do you think half of Hollywood stars get their big roles? Oh, you know? of course. It's like- I actually always think that when I watch your movies, eh? Well, like I'll see like a new- person come onto the screen that's never been in anything yeah, yeah and yeah. i'm like who did they suck off you know, role, you know you absolutely know especially with all the stories coming about yeah. hollywood now timothy chalamet got absolutely turned out uh, for his role in dune um like he just got his his back would have gotten blown out like no one's business they're like we're gonna make you a star kid all you gotta let us do is diddle you for a few hours you know <laughs> Something like that. Part of me thinks, um, actually, no, I don't want to. Do I? Dis- you know that. Do I disrespect like an Australian great, Margot Robbie for Wolf of Wall Street? Oh yeah. I yeah, feel like yeah, she definitely yeah. like because that before that role. What was I she love really Margot in? Robbie, but I love Margot Robbie too. Could, she she is a genuinely good actress. Yeah. Yeah, she she showed it in that ice skating movie. Yeah, my goodness, she was good in that. She movie. showed it in the um, Queen of Scots movie too, like where she played Elizabeth. Like she's yep. a genuinely good actress. You, you just need the opportunity. To- exactly. You could totally see some Hollywood producer. She walks in and you're like, I'm getting my dick sucked today. Yeah, because yeah. she wants the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. It's what, like- who's laughing now? She's one of the top actresses in the world. So. Are you, yeah, it's like Harvey Weinstein's brother. Uh, I forget his name, but like, dude, if you're listening, and I know you are, um, like- I won't rat on you. It's like, you know, my lips are sealed. So I'll make that deal with you, you know, if you like bearded men. Um, but uh, I like how uh, when Harvey Weinstein got caught, all the people that like were out there, like with him, like would always direct movies with him, always star movies, just, just hushed. Yeah. Oh, that's just Harvey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Harvey does that sometimes, yeah. you know. People say that to me when I'm like tripping balls, wigging out in a nightclub, and they're like, oh, that's just Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just leave him to his own devices. <laughs> He'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's of no harm to anyone but himself, yeah. you know. Oh, we can't say that about Harvey, but hey. Yes, yeah. Okay, cannot say that about Harvey. Uh, oh, Jesus. What a... What a... Strange, strange industry. But yeah, hey, you make strange- your beds, you sleep in it. You exactly, know? exactly. Yeah. And, and I'm not, I don't sympathize with that, but you know, if if I had to suck dick to be the next movie star, it's like you said, what, you're going to pay me $20 million a year to be in a bunch of movies? 
some of them probably shitty ones, but you're going to pay me $20 million a year for the next 10 years. It's like Steven Seagal is the world's shittest actor or one of the world's shittest actors. He has never done a good movie. That guy is never growing broke, going broke. Yeah, well, he's a, um, what's it called? Um, a bounty hunter now, isn't he? Oh, he says he is. He's definitely. He says a lot hunter. of shit. There's a reason why we don't hear about Dog the Bounty Hunter anymore. It's because Steven Seagal came in and fucked him. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah, but um, in re- back to wrestling. Now you en- so you enjoy being a bad guy. Yep. You have been a good guy. I have been a good yeah. guy. Now, in terms of the injuries, like what what horrendous industries? I'll get back to you being Jewish in a minute. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I've got a lot of questions there too. Um, if you listen to a, re- a previous episode, you'll find out that Sam Sargent and I, once we make enough money, we're going to form the country Degenistan in South Egypt. Yep. And we're going to be funding terrorism, oh. but not against Israel. It'll be against uh, Glasgow yep. um, in Scotland. Well, actually, I actually am... Oh, fuck. I don't want to say this. I don't want to say I'm for terrorism, but terrorism does work. It does get shit done. So I'm saying... For um, the Greens, if the Greens really want to get power, terrorism. Yeah. Yeah. They're just going to start blowing up oil companies and shit like that. Yeah. Why not? I'm not saying do it. This is not me saying do it. I'm just saying if you would like change, then the option is there. This is Cameron saying stop being a fucking pussy. Yeah. Because we keep asking. They're like, oh, please put in this bill. Yeah. Please do this. Do you see the oil companies doing that? No. No, they just do it. They're like, oh, can we please mine your land? No, we're just going to take it over and deal with it. Yeah. I mean, look at Ireland. Look at Ireland. Oh, that's a... a Prime example. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at Afghanistan. Americans aren't there anymore. Exactly. It took them a while. Yep. Took Sleepy Joe to get them out. Yeah, it did. That's crazy because it's like everyone wanted that war to end. No one thought we should be there. Yep. Literally no one, like, for the I last 10 years has there. thought we should be but there. But then as soon as they there. took them out, what happened? Of course it went to shit. But, yeah. like, everyone was predicting that. Like, everyone said, oh, it will go to shit as soon as we pull out. But everyone was saying we need to pull out. And everyone's blamed. Like, I'm not a Joe Biden fan, but it's like, why are you pointing the finger to him? Because First he, off... Because he's the guy. He like, is not the guy, the guy who put them there. Definitely not. He was the guy brave enough to take them out, though. Was it Bush that put them out? Yeah, it was Bush. If anyone blamed Bush, it's like he started the whole fucking thing. And, uh, you know, he orchestrated 9-11. I didn't say that. Yeah, probably. Um, In collusion with... Was it a bomb? No, it was a plane. (laughs) No, I'm saying as soon as the plane hit, was there a bomb ignited? Because isn't there a whole thing that like lighter jet um, jet lighter fluid won't be able to melt those steel beams or something like that? No, but it doesn't melt it. But basically, look, look. we're going into a whole rabbit hole. Yeah, I know. But let's do it. You know, let's do it. God, I got to get my conspiracy theory friend on here sometimes. Here's the here's the great like. Crazy thing is a few of his conspiracy theories have come true. I used to have this segment on my podcast called Non-Pedophile of the Week. Because of the week. Hollywood and mainstream entertainment full of sexual perpetrators. Yeah. And we were picking which ones were not sexual perpetrators. I think we chose Carl Urban, Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves definitely not. Denzel Washington. Yep, okay. Um Leo DiCaprio. N- yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> next one. Um, um, all right, Tom Hanks. I, I think he is. 
pedophiles? Yeah. I, 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 well, I, I was saying was, non-pedophiles. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So oh, that's okay. why I was saying Keanu Reeves. I just wanted to see your, your reaction. Oh, I whenever think I, too. Whenever I bring up Tom Hanks being a pedophile, I do love Forrest Gump. It's a mm. great movie. And I do love other movies that he's in. Uh, if you separate the person from his, like, acting abilities. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there are stories out there where, like, um, young girls and young boys have been sold to, like, child pedophile rings. Hmm. And one of them has been Tom fucking Hanks. Yeah. So. Not only that. Why would somebody make something up like that? It's such a strange. In the last five years, he's been getting his Greek citizenship. Do you know pedophilia is not classed as a crime in Greece? It's classed as a mental illness. I went to Greece as a child for my uncle's fucking wedding. You... <laughs> Holy shit. I was in danger the whole time. Yeah, man. You you would have been... How old were you? Oh, I was like eight or You nine? would have been prime <laughs> material. Oh, my word. I honestly. Didn't, I didn't realize that everyone was staring at me in the streets. Dude, you would have been... Honestly, you... If like... Thank God you were, must have been supervised or something. Because if you would have left on your own... Holy shit, man. Look at it now. That yeah, made but I swear there was a time when me and my brother were walking the streets on our own, and he's younger than me. So, how the hell did we not get snatched? You, they would have made a documentary about you. Yeah, you definitely. Yeah. I would have been Madeline. Yeah. And it's like, it, it would have been like, it would have been interesting. You know what probably would have happened? It's like, you probably would have been kidnapped, sold, and then they were like, oh, it's a Jewish child. <laughs> We can't molest our own. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Hang on, man. Are you saying that the Jews are the ones that control the pedophile rings? Um, I'm saying very powerful Jews do. All right. I don't believe that. I believe that we are better than that. I just simply point to Jeffrey Epstein. I'm not saying that not all Jewish people are pedophiles. Maybe there's some. Just like there's all kinds of ethnicities and races that are... Pedophiles. Look, and I'm not disagreeing with that. And I'm not saying all Jews are pedophiles. Um, We're just saying the higher ups in the high. The, 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 all we need to do is point to Jeffrey Epstein. That's yep. that's literally settles the argument. It's like that is a testimony unto itself. Yeah. But the other thing, um, what are your thoughts on circumcision? Yay or no? Are you circumcised? No, I'm not. Oh, right. No, I'm, not. Okay. I'm actually probably one of the only Jews in the world that's not. Because I had a choice. Nice. And I said no. Yeah, good yeah. man. Because I wanted to keep my hoodie. Look, you know, sometimes it gets cold. You don't want to get rid of your self-lubrication system. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it gets cold out there. Yeah. You know? And I don't, I don't know. I'm not I'm not bagging on people that are. I I'm am. just saying it's a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you are? That, that's each to their own. I, I just... Are, are you... Am I soaked? Yeah. No, no. no. I've got, I've got, uh, I've got a good old happy foreskin. You know? <laughs> David, you know David Morgan Brown? I do know DMB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DMB. D- <laughs> I love uh, DMB. DMB. I is love the that. Um, yeah, DMB is a fucking legend. He's if been in this podcast. If there's someone that needs their own Netflix special, oh my god, DMB. Yes, that would be the best fucking forty-five minutes of anyone's life. Yes. ever. That, and it, I know he's got the material. I've heard it. Oh, yeah. I've heard it. He's got bags and bags of material that literally could be a 45-minute strong set. He is a fountain of comedy. Literally. Like, you could put him on stage in front of anyone and just let him, just let him go. Yeah. Like, you know, he is, he is that good. I love him. But, uh, yeah, he was on the podcast and we were talking about his foreskin and he has... Is he 
No, no helmet or helmet? He has a helmet. He has a helmet. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So he's got it. And, uh, you know, he, but apparently he's got a lot of excess foreskin. Oh. And I was like, how much excess are we talking about? And then it's like, oh, I've got excess skin when I'm hard, man. And I'm like, oh, that's shit. different. Yeah, that's but then we, tough. Then I had Shmuley Tabuli on, which was um, Sam Bariari. Yeah. Who is another Jew, another Israeli, Israeli Jew. Uh, and he is served. And we were just making the observation that like, well, Sam, if you want your foreskin back, maybe we could get David to donate some of his to you. <laughs> can you get it back? I don't, once, once you've had it, like... Look, you, you can get crazy surgeries these days. They can like do jaw... Like, like trans people get surgeries that shave their foreheads down and shave their jaws and, you know, they get titty implants, which... Oh, they get titties removed. They get titties removed, which I know a friend of mine, David... Uh, Trans man David Blake Cassette, who recently did an episode. I recently, because uh, he is a drag king, and also a drag a drag king, drag king, a drag king is essentially the opposite of a drag queen. Well, it's basically someone who dresses masculine. Ah, because you can get females who dress as drag queens, because it's it's more a, a makeup style and a dress style than really just the whole cross-dressing thing, a man dressing as a woman yep. in terms of what they do. Obviously, a lot of drag queens are men dressed as women, but, you know, you get uh, you get a lot of women dressing in drag style, and then you get a lot of uh, women dressing in, like, a masculine style, and they'll paint beards on their faces, like, really artistic makeup design beards. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Blake Cassette, David, probably one of the... Premier highest up drag kings of Perth. Yeah, respect. Probably, he, he's, he's probably the most sought after and most well-known drag king of Perth. And uh, he's a fucking cool dude. Um, and we, yeah, had him on the podcast recently. I've been trying to get the fucking pronunciation right. And normally I'm such a, like, because sometimes you, you slip up. You call a trans person a he or a she when they're meant to be the other. I'm like, yeah, isn't that the most awkward thing when you do it's, that? You know what? Blake, because then I feel bad. I do feel bad, but Blake's really, David is really, really cool about it. You know, he just points it out to me and just be like, I'm sorry. And I correct it. It's like if they got hell in my face about it, I'd probably be a cunt about it. Yeah. But, but then sometimes you see them go wide-eyed. We like, they do like, they open their eyes. And I think like, oh, David right. knows that like... I mix and mingle in many different, you know, cultures and subcultures. Mm -hmm. So I think David kind of knows like, oh, he's just a fucking scattered brained trip head. I'm probably going to have to remind him a few times. And thank you, David, for reminding me. That's I get good. it wrong. I get, get it wrong. I get it right more times than I get wrong. Okay, that's all right. But I still get it wrong a couple of times. But my success rate is going up, you know, as I say. The KD ratio is getting better. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, He's done some fucking wicked performances. It's like, it's... Do you should know go how to, to swallow swords? Literally? No, does he? Like... I don't know. Do you know anyone that has dragged? Well, there's so many people swords? who cross over from circus and burlesque to drag. Yeah. So I imagine there's a few in there who know how to swallow a sword. No pun intended. Sword swallowing is extremely difficult. I imagine so. But people don't give it the recognition that it deserves. People don't give the recognition to a lot of things that they deserve. That's true. Like, look, 
pro wrestlers, I'll say it, comedians, drag artists, a lot of musicians, not all musicians, but a lot of musicians, all should have bigger award ceremonies and get more recognition than Oscar winning actors. Oscar winning actors is such a circle jerk. Yeah, but the, I feel like that we're learning more and more about that now. Like, do you feel like award shows now? Like, they're struggling to get people to go to those things because people don't care. Well, I think, again, I it, think it takes are... Will Smith to slap Chris Rock on stage for people to actually care about yes, an award show. I, I think it's that too, but I also think it's people are remembering that it's art and art is interpretive. Mm-hmm. You can't compare the art of a movie about a man getting brutally mauled and raped by a bear to a movie about um, a gay black man. It's like the two things are just not like comparable. All right. That leads to my question here. What do you think about comedy competitions? Look, for me, I have done the competitions more so just because I wanted to get on stage. I yeah, went with no expectation. Yeah. Yep. I went with no expectation of winning, no real desire of winning either. And I did the funniest five. I did uh, one of the one of the heats. And I think I was told I came fourth. And I was beaten out by three much more experienced uh, comedians than I am. And hats off to them. Like, they're good people to lose to. And... Uh, I think it was Xavier Zushai, Sadi Chalabi, and Jill, the Scottish Terrier. All great comedians. Yeah. Yes, yes. And uh, I particularly like Sadi Chalabi. I'm very fond of that guy. And uh, But they're all great. And I, like the fact that I came fourth behind those three, it was like, wow, I felt like that's a really good thing. I, they've been doing a it a lot up, longer yeah. than I have. Yeah. So that was the way I looked at it rather than, ah, I lost. It's like I lost to much people who have been doing it much longer than I am yeah. and I still came close, you know? But like, so, how do they how do they measure who's winning? I, I, I don't is think... Is it the sound of the applause? Is it the material well, that they Well, there, it was actually a written voting system, right. which, again, I think... What, so, like, people at the table voted? Yes, the people at the table voted. And, again, I think totally that can be honestly dissected because, again, that is... It, it applies to comedy more so than anything else where it's subjective, Humor is subjective. Exactly. I guarantee you, you could put me, Jill, Sadi, and Xavier, and a bunch of other comics in front of a bunch of different audiences. And I guarantee you, some audiences we would all bomb on, some audiences we would all kill. And I doubt they're all the same. That's why when you do, like sometimes you'll do... The same material for two separate shows. Okay. One will absolutely kill. One will absolutely bomb. Mm. And you'll just be like, what the fuck? I did the exact same performance. Oh, it's happened. It's happened. But, uh, you know, you, you just got to keep getting back up on stage until exactly. you eventually find your niche. And also, there's something definitely to be said where when you get better at reading the audience and then you can sort of turn their energy to suit you. So, yeah. I've heard Norm MacDonald and Nick Mullen talk about it back when Norm MacDonald was alive. Yeah. Nick Mullen still is a performing comedian in uh, the US. And they've talked about where, like, you know, if you if you read the audience right and you can predict it right, you can change the chemistry and the energy of a room to suit your performance. But that is, like, that's a learned skill. I think the idea of whether or not you're funny 
I don't think that's a learned skill. I think that's you're just born with it. You're either funny or you're not. Yeah, um, I, 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 that, you're either damaged goods or you're not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, I, I learned that pretty early on. So when, when I first started comedy, I did uh, Matt Storer's uh, comedy uh, class, the Lazy yeah. Susan's one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, where you do it for like five weeks, and then the sixth week you go up. And we we were asking him questions on that first day, and one of the guys that didn't he he came on the first two nights. First night he got very um, he came a little bit drunk, uh, as you do. Yeah, and uh, he made some comments um, that not people. Not many people liked. And then the second week he came and he was completely sober, learnt from the first week before. And he asked and he was like, can you learn comedy or is comedy just something you're born with and you're built on that? Like, do you learn to be funny or are you just born with being funny? And Matt was like, I feel like you're just born being funny and then you can build on that. Like, you can't really learn to be funny. Yeah. And we did not see that guy the third week. He didn't come after. Yeah, I... I I, I think there's something I, and I could be wrong like you know I'm a novice so I it is not for me to say but I think what you get better at is understanding understanding timing delivery and the changing the chemistry and energy of a room those are the yeah. only things you get better at and remembering your jokes that's one thing you get better at too yeah. like because the more you say your jokes the more you remember them yeah and until and until a joke is on the internet of you saying it, it's still good yep. as far as I'm concerned. So um, obviously I try to go out with new material on stage every single time. How long until stage. you put your material on the internet and then don't say it on stage anymore? Depends on what bit it is. Depends on what bit it is. Um, I think that varies. And it's not really for me to say because I haven't posted any material yet. We'll might post a small snippet soon. But for now, I like to just kind of work on my craft, work on some other funny, silly Become fucking the projects. best comedian you could possibly be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, maybe not yeah. after that side. No, look, look I, will, I will die attempting to be the greatest comedian in history because... Better to aim for the stars and miss than, yep. you know, settle for less, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, read, I remember reading that quote in that movie, Whiplash, and it was like, I'd rather be dead. Um, br- I'd rather be, I'd rather die broken drunk at 34 and have people keep talking about me than rich and, and then rich and sober at 90 and have no one remember me. Yeah. And it's like, I don't really have a, it's not really, I mean, it sounds incredibly egotistical and incredibly small dickish of me, but, uh, I honestly think like, man, if we only have fucking one life to live, why not, why not do it pursuing what we love rather than, uh, anything else? I'm a hundred percent on that. Yeah. yeah. Some people are, ha- are content with like Success, the regular life. Like social. Yeah. Um, acceptance and yeah, things like social that. Social levels and shit yeah. like that. Like oh, the regular mine. life of wife, kids, house and home and a safe job. And like, yeah. I don't knock them for that. It's like, if that's what you want, you fucking do that. I will never knock you for what you choose to do. But, but that is not for me. But don't come at me no. and knock my shit when I'm trying exactly, to do this. Exactly. You yeah. know, I... Listen, I need to become a successful comedian because drug habits don't fund themselves. Yeah. You know, and uh, a lot of dr- and uh, celebrities don't get drug tested. I think most celebrities are on copious amounts of drugs. Yeah. Well, see, I wanted to be successful, but then I've like, the more I read about 
celebrities, the more I realize that they're not actually happy. Like, they're probably as miserable or even more miserable than everyone else. Oh, look. Because they can't go outside and go to the shops. Like, they don't have freedoms like that. Sure, they have copious amounts of money. Like, look at, say, Eminem, for example. Yeah. Eminem made it to the pinnacle of, of rap in the early 2000s. But he couldn't go outside after that. He literally has to live in his in his mansion with no one. And, and when you get a massive mansion and you have no one to share it with, it can get really fucking lonely. And then you start with your thoughts and all that shit. And- I, I get that. But I also think it's like, it's a case of questioning comfort. You know, like I remember Mike Tyson talking about this on his podcast where like Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson could go walk the street and be comfortable amongst the people because the people loved them. People yeah. wanted to see them. The people wanted to come up and shake their hand and smile at them and, you know, praise them. Yeah, but they couldn't do that without people, like, realizing that they're them, right? Of course, of course. But then the, the the opposite effect of that is you get the other side of celebrities, people like Eminem, people like Floyd Mayweather to, you know, quote boxers again. Uh, those people have stepped on so many toes and they're not necessarily loved by all. Um, like, they can't go anywhere without bodyguards. Yeah, you know, all it it's, takes is one crazy shooter. And they're, yeah, they're but it's like, yeah. Mike Tyson was t- saying that about Muhammad Ali where it's like Ali could literally walk the street on his own at night and no one would want to fuck with him, not because they were scared of him, but because everyone loved and respected yeah, exactly. him. So it's like, that's where I think, and not that every celebrity can be loved and respected. Mm. Um, you know, let's not be full of ourselves. Yeah. You know? And comedians, certainly not. We say, I say too much obscene shit to, uh, for that to work. Yeah. You know, I, I can't go around saying things like there's only been five, there's been five terrorist attacks at the Olympics and none at the Paralympics. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like comedians, you know that thing in your brain that goes, don't say that. We don't have that at all. Um, yeah, we... Because, they, like, even if we've learnt not to say certain things, at the beginning of the career, you do tend to fucking just say everything on stage yeah. and just see what sticks. Comedians have a different kind of filter system. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like a normal filter system. Yes, we have a filter, but it's not. we're not filtering it to figure out, you know, to, to say what's not offensive. We're filtering the system to figure out what's right. You know, we're, 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 fig- we're filtering the system to figure out what's, uh, you know, what am I trying to say? We, we filter the system to figure out what's funny as opposed to what's acceptable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I want to work towards a point where I can tell the truth that's funny, you know, where it's like the reality of the world well, I feel in a like- funny way. But then I can't. I just stick to my fucking, I just stick to wrestling jokes, swimming jokes, and I got two jokes about McDonald's and I just keep, I just keep on those topics and I need to venture out, but it's, I don't know. That's you know what you need to do? What's that? You need to... Something that helps me get in the creative writing is going out. Don't even go out and get blasted. Just go out and observe and interact with people. Read and consume content. Oh, I read a lot. Yeah. Like a lot. Do those three things and those three things like it just helps. And I watch and listen to a lot of comedy myself. So 
uh, I, I remember I was talking to Chief Koza uh, and how I had him on Jesse and uh, Jesse Koza, and he's like, he might be one of Perth's most successful comics. Like, it's, he's right up there with e- Emo and a couple of others. So he's probably one of Perth's most successful. And he, um, like, said it was like, if you if you want to like get better at writing and things like that, it's like always listen, keep listening to comedy, listen to comedy while you're writing, you know, watch comedy while you're writing. It like really? it, it helps, and uh, and uh, he was like, yeah, and and when does, we, does we, he not find that you start sounding too much like the comedian you're listening to? Um, I don't think he does because I've talked to him and he's told me what comedians he listens to. And uh, then I told him what comedians I've listened to. And while I'm sure you could absolutely point out similarities, they are still very, like, Jesse is still very unique in his own regard from those comedians he listens to. Like, for him, he was talking about Patrice O'Neill was, like, a big influence over him. But you look at the way Jesse delivers and you look at the way Patrice delivers and what they joke about, it's not the same thing. So it's like... Just because you're inspired by something doesn't mean you're trying to copy it. You know, you're just inspired by something. And to be honest with you, uh, good artists uh, create great artists still. Yeah, that's you know? true. So, uh, yeah. Now, back to uh, being a pro wrestling Jew. Yeah. Um, so... Not the only one, but I'm not the only pro wrestling Jew, by the way. No. There's like- another one called uh, Del Cano. Um, respect to Okano, shout out. One of the like most iconic wrestlers of all time, uh, Goldstein. Goldman. Goldberg. Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, Goldberg. Is Goldberg Jewish? Actually, yeah, he is. He talked about his bar mitzvah on a podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, he's one of like the most iconic wrestlers. No one's ever done a Jewish character though in wrestling, like um, like the hat, you know the. What are they? Yeah. What are they going to do? Be bad at sports and like? Yeah. <laughs> I'll take everyone's money. Like, <laughs> well, you know that thing where it's like fight for the briefcase money. Yeah, you know the Jew would just rock up and fight harder for that one than anyone yeah, else. Definitely. You know? Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. actually, there was a wrestler called um, Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, and if they said he was Jewish, I would not. I would not be surprised. Not surprising. Yeah. Hmm. But what are some of the most horrific injuries you've had? Um, you must have had a couple. Yeah, when I first started, I used to get them all the time. And then um, I got uh, trained by this wrestler called Loki um, who, from the US. And he told me this thing that stuck with me. I always tell the, the guys that I teach now, I'm like, how many bodies do you have? One. Mm. Who's going to look after it? You. Mm. Right? So don't do stupid shit in the ring in front of like 50 people. Mm. You know? Why would you Why would you waste your body on that? You'd wait till you're in front of 15,000 people or 20,000 people to do some crazy shit, right? Mm. But then again, some people just like to... Always be pushing their, the boundaries? Yeah. Like I got mates that do like back... Bo- um, okay. Like a... Do you know what a back body drop is? No. So it's where somebody is like bent over... And then the opponent runs at them and then like they just put their hands on their knees and then hands on the back and you just flip them up into the sky. And I've had mates that do that on like concrete and it's like we're wrestling in front of like a hundred people. It's like, why would you do that Mm. to your body? You know, so that's probably helped me a lot with my injuries. But earlier on, um, I tore both my AC joints 
in my shoulders uh, in Bum- Brumbury. Brum- Brumbury? Bunbury. Bunbury. Fucking hell. Can't believe I'm from there, so yeah. All right. Are you from there? Yeah, it's shit hell. Oh, my <laughs> mate from, uh, is from Bunbury, actually. Um, who, who is it? Uh, his name's Matt Coverdale. I know that name, Matt Coverdale. Do you actually know that name? Yeah, the name Coverdale is... Yeah, he's got a whole family there. Like, he's got two sisters, I think. Three, three sisters? I know maybe? his sister, Sarah Coverdale. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And he goes, he goes by Jagger Stevens. Actually, I'm wrestling him uh, at, on... Actually, no, I'm wrestling with him. So we hate each other in the wrestling world. Right. Uh, I'm the leader of BT Dub called Born to Wrestle, and he's the leader of the syndicate. Uh, they wear jackets, so they're super cool. Um, so... And we're versing a team from South Australia and they've got their best guys and we were have, we're having an argument as to who is going to lead the team for WA mm. and management, I think, are going to decide to put me and Jagger Stevens together. So we hate each other, mm. but we have to team together and unite to save WA from these South Australian scumbags. Yes. Fuck those South Australian weirdos. Fuck those South Australian scumbags. I don't know how it's going to go because me and, me and Jagger do not get along at all. He, he's got, actually, he's got a beard just like yours. Oh. Yeah. Not as nice. No. Yeah, you got, a, you got a lovely beard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't all know. All in the moustache, really. It is. It's yeah. a, you could twizzle the shit out of that moustache. Uh, I have. I, I have. have you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you use any beard oils, can I ask? I do. I do, on occasion, depending on the thing. I don't like to saturate it with oil. I don't want to be smelling a beard oil yeah. all the time. Do you comb your beard? I do. Yeah. I do. Like, on a, on occasion when it calls for it. I don't like to do it every night, because they say, like, if you wash your shit too often, it, like, dries kills. Out. Yeah, it, it dries out. Kills the out, natural oils. Kills the stuff. natural oils and shit. Yeah. So, like, I don't do it every night, but I do it just enough so that the beer is always smelling decent and looking halfway decent. This great. We might need a trim at the moment. I'm thinking of just shaving it all off and just leaving a big fucking colonial mustache do it honestly a big colonial mustache is the best conversation starter for just walking into a room even if you're not interacting with anyone yeah literally i was in a restaurant the other day and this dude came in with the biggest fucking mustache and you just saw everyone just stopped and stared at this man and then they went back to their conversations you could hear everyone was talking about this guy's mustache yeah would you ever grow something like that how long do you reckon it took to grow that do you reckon he uses beard oils do you reckon he, uh, do you reckon he combs it as well mm. do you reckon it's real maybe do you reckon he'd let me sit on it you know, um, I reckon it's for when people sit on his face yeah 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 definitely well I call mine the magic button polisher the magic button polisher yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. that or the sponge the sponge you don't call it the toppy tickler no no no, no. <laughs> I like that one though. Oh, That's really good. The toppy tickle. That's yeah. re- it's really good. I just said I've just said that on a on a podcast as well. Mm. Wow. Well, for future employment, by the way. Um, yeah. Good. Remember, Christmas party's gonna go off. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, boy. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Listen, you. If you know, if you, if they say, yeah, we did a background. Oh, who the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck's calling me? Fucking, in fairness, it's a good guy calling me, but I can't answer your phone. I can't. I can't do that right now, bro. Uh, so um, to go back to your question before about the injuries, yes, um, I have torn both my AC joints when I was in Bunbury. That's then we went on the rabbit hole about Bunbury. Um, so yeah, I couldn't lift my arms up. Uh, it was in a match, and we wanted to practice this move beforehand, where he was going to launch me in the sky for a power bomb. You know what a power bomb is? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And then I was going to do a, what we call a hurricane runner. So I wrap my legs around his head. I swing around. He then does a front flip forward. Right. Uh, and then I went up and I went down and I didn't, I don't think he grabbed my legs or I did, maybe I didn't wrap my legs around his head properly. And then I landed fully on my shoulder, completely tore it. Uh, and I was like, fuck, I've just come all this way to Bunbury. I'm not going to fucking not wrestle. And they're like, you're all good to wrestle? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And this is like my fucking fifth match ever. Really? Yeah. And like, I, it was a luchador show. So I was wearing a Rey Mysterio mask and Rey Mysterio is my fucking hero. So like, right. I wanted to, I wanted to have this match and I was like, fuck it. All right, just do it. Just get through the match. You'll be all right. So we do the match, we're getting through it, it's going good. Then we get to the final move and he tosses me over over his head mm. and I land on my other shoulder, nice. completely tear it. And I'm like, fuck! Yeah. And then he covers me, one, two, three. I go to the back, I'm holding both my shoulders. I'm like, fuck, how am I going to drive home? I start to pack up the ring after, but I can't lift anything. My boss is like, hey, what have you done? And I'm like, I've torn both my shoulders. Uh, well, I didn't know at the time. I was just like, I can't lift them at all like by my side. I yeah. just have to keep them like that. And they're like, yeah, just go home. Do you need a lift home? And I'm like, no, I'm going to try and drive. And I fucking drove the whole way home. Jesus. But literally like holding... The wheel down here. Yeah, holding the wheel at the bottom and just like using my fingers to, to move yeah. the wheel. He would have been driving alongside you and seeing your arms so light. It's like, he's driving that car with his mind. Yeah. <laughs> and I went to physio like uh, later that week. And uh, she was like, you should be in slings right now. Like, you you should not be able to move your arms at all. And I was like, oh, do you want to put me in slings? And she's like, no, 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 you've, you've come this far, it's fine. And I'm like, how long am I going to be out of wrestling for? And she's like, oh, probably about four months. And I'm like, all right. And I was out for like two. <laughs> and I came back too early. Of course. And, uh, and yeah, but my shoulders don't have any problems now. Mm. I'm sure they will have a problem later on. Right. Um, but other than that, I've bummed my knee a couple of times, fucked up my ankle. Uh, lower back keeps playing up every now and then. Uh, my neck is fucked at the moment, but I'll keep working around it. I just keep doing neck exercises. Uh, I think it's because we do we do these things called neck. You, you were falling apart and you're like, yeah, I'll be right. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll work the, around it. That's the way of a wrestler, man. I, like, I can see that. But the it's first like, thing you do when you're wrestling somebody new, it's like, do you have any injuries? Yeah, I got, okay, we'll, we'll work around that. Oh, my Jesus. Got to do it, man. The people pay. The people pay to see a performance. And the one thing you do not do is you do not bail on a performance. I understand. That is in the comedy world and that is in the wrestling world. This is true. This is true. But this is... It sounds pretty fucking horrific. Um, Ah, You do it for the... You love it, mate. I understand. Look, I... When we, you talk about loving Ray Mysterio and you're talking about wanting to try comedy from a young age, I think the desire to do comedy for myself, I think the seed was planted about 10 or 11. Probably didn't become a conscious thought until a little bit later, but I think at a at about 10 or 11 watching Billy Connolly for the first time, I think... I read his book. Fucking amazing. Yeah? It's fucking amazing. I should get it. I'm such I'll a lend you. fan. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. Thank you. No worries. But uh, yeah, Billy Connolly is one of my like comedy heroes and which we'll get to comedy heroes in a second before we wrap up. But when do you think both the desire to be a comedian started or where was the seed planted and the same for wrestling? All right. For comedy, I've always enjoyed making people laugh. Like, mm-hmm. e- like it's just in group, even at school, uh, I I was one of those kids that loved when they'd say, all right, guys, we're going to do group presentations or like presenting where you have to stand in front of the class and talk. Everyone would like shit, like, you know, like um, public speaking is one of the biggest yeah, yeah, yeah. fears in the world. Everyone's buttholes would suck up and I'd be like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. And like we did this, um, 
they called it a five minute speech and it could have been on anything at all. And I think I did it on, um, fuck, I don't know how, it was so stupid. It was like how parents are unfair to kids these days or some shit like that. Right. And I went up there and I talked for five minutes and I just got laugh after laugh after laugh. And I was like, fuck, this feels fucking amazing. Yeah. I love making people laugh. Plus it's like, you know how they say, um, doctors, right? Prescribe medicine. Yes. Comedians prescribe the best medicine in the world, laughter. So therefore, a comedian is a form of doctor. So I want to be a comedian to make my parents proud because they wanted me to be a doctor. Yeah. So yeah, I'd say it was around, around, uh, yes, I'd just say yes, six or year five. Wow. Really? Yeah. That, yeah. that was when, when, when we did that speech. And then I did, um, I was a, a bit of a theater geek, uh, in, Towards the I end of primary school. I should have done theatre. You didn't do theatre? I didn't. I didn't. Bro. I should have done it. I didn't even want to do it. I, so I was in an audition and- Because I do part, fuck all anyway, which would have suited me to the ground. Mate, it's, it's, it was really good. And like no one- I oh know. I never- I, I did like a, a version of Cats, the musical. Of course. When I was at like in year four. And that was like, okay. But then I did- It was year six and seven. And I did these two productions- uh, and the first one, um, I had to, like, for the auditions, I had to read as Luke Skywalker. And I read as Obi-Wan Kenobi. I was like, use the force. And, like, it wasn't even Luke Skywalker at all. And um, the my drama teacher, uh, Mrs. Ovens, was just like, You're, you got the part. And I was like, awesome. And she's like, you've also got the part for next year too. And I'm like, what? Mm. And then I, I did those productions and I just, I loved it. I absolutely love performing. It's the best fucking thing in the world. And then for wrestling, um, I was like seven and I was uh, surfing the channels on Foxtel and I went past Fox 8 and SmackDown was on and it was Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. And I was like, what the fuck is this? We got dude, some dude that's been in the Olympics versus some mask guy. Yeah. And they're doing flips, like killing each other. And I'm like, this is awesome. And then from then, I just I just watched it religiously. And everyone was like, oh, it's a phase. Yeah, you'll You'll grow out of it. I'm still waiting to grow out of it. Yeah. Look, people have been told told me I'll grow out of a few things. I'm still waiting. Come in. This is the rent inspection. Is it? Yeah. I wonder if it's the same lady. Hello. Yep, doing another one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She so, this in. isn't the first time this No, has no, happened. this is ha- this has happened. This is the second time this has happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we've <laughs> made sure the house is pretty clean for you. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, we've done everything we can about any kind of mold there is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know mold's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. That's what that is. Oh yeah. right. Yeah. Have you tried nappy sand? Trust um, to get stained. I, I I I thought about taking a baseball bat to it and then yeah. just nah, just seeing work. if no, no it wouldn't. Way. But you know then something might be done about it quicker, you know? But that's just my thoughts. Surely a bit of hot water, maybe some yeah, bleach or something. Looks like it's gotten worse, hasn't it? Yes, yes it has. And we have tried to clean it. Yeah, I don't know about cleaning that. I mean, the mould's like, the problem is yeah. the construction of the building. Yeah, it? I know. Like, like we've cleaned like we've cleaned all around where it's dripped around the window and things like that. God yeah. damn it. i got to pause this. You're chewing you, God damn it. What do you mean? What do you mean?
Yeah, no, we're not pausing. We're just going to keep talking is to the rent is the rent inspection. inspection is happening right now as yeah, we're on yeah. pod. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and she's going to go into the bedroom and secretly find uh, where we're harboring um, multinationals in our, in our apartment for money. Hopefully no more mold spores. The rest doesn't bother me. They can be in there. Oh, <laughs> oh well, there Jeez, you go. Yeah, you're off scot-free. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that means... It's coming from the pipe outside. So if you have a look at the balcony, there's the pipe that runs between the balconies and uh, they reckon it's broken in between the concrete box and it's dripping in here as a result. Mm. That's what the guy who came and looked so, at it. So anyway. it hasn't actually been rectified. It hasn't been fixed. And the guy who said he had the problem, did he come back and fix the problem at any point? No. <laughs> no. So there's still water dripping in the room. I mean, it hasn't for a while because the rain hasn't been hectic. But like, yeah. uh, like it happened after he came and inspected it. We have, a, we have a water issue problem. And also the guy below us is having the same issue. So, so it's what's seeping down the wall. Who's yeah. Below you? Sorry? Who's below you? Uh, some local council member and his son. Oh, okay. Yeah. His son <laughs> smells like he smokes mad good ganja. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'm in my room. Like, that's generally what I wake up to first thing in the morning after <laughs> I've been bartending all night. And I wake up and I smell it and I'm like, oh, Passing that is high. lovely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I went down to speak to him about the thing and uh, and I like I went to talk to him about the water and I was like uh, I was we after we finished speaking about it and I was like, Oh man, by the way, I love the smell of the gums in the morning. He was like, Oh, I'm really sorry, bro. And I'm like, No, I'm being serious. It's like it's a beautiful smell to wake up to in the morning, you know. I shouldn't mm. say it while you're on live, but Sounds like a typical council member's son, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you want to give you a name for the podcast? <laughs> no, so, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll look at the property uh, report afterwards. I'm sure your name will be on it. Uh, might be. Might be. <laughs> might be. Yeah. Yeah, might be. Mm. Wow, this has you been an extremely know. eventful podcast. It has, hasn't it? Who, who are your heroes in comedy? Uh, my Matt Rushmore of comedy is Billy Connolly, Norm Macdonald, Dave Chappelle, and Richard Pryor. That's extremely similar to mine. What? What's yours? Mine's Norm Macdonald, Dave Chappelle, Jimmy Carr. Anyone else? Mm. I want to say. Probably Eddie Murphy, eh? Eddie Murphy was damn good in the 80s. He was. He was, like, those specials still hold up to this day. Apparently, he's, like, been coming back and doing comedy. Really? Lately. Like, he hasn't obviously put out a special or anything like that, but he's been doing rooms again. Yeah. And apparently, he's been crushing. Um, imagine, like, you're at a comedy show, and then, oh, we've got a surprise guest, and it's like, who's it going to be? Oh, it's Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy like, shit. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He comes out, he's like, ice cream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the dons of comedy have come into the building. Chris Rock did that in Perth, actually. Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Rock um, did, like, a surprise warm-up, because he was touring Australia, and he was going to do a gig in Perth. And I think gig was, like, Perth was, like, going to be his first performance. He was going to finish in Sydney or Melbourne, one of those shitholes. Um, but uh, he did it in – he started here, but he did a warm-up surprise event. It wasn't even scheduled. Whereabouts was it? I think it was at the casino. What? Yeah, and he went on stage and he just did a, a show. No one's in the – no one's in the – Wow. Yeah, and he did, like, a surprise gig. That's and crazy. He didn't talk about the Will Smith situation, did he? Well, no, this was before the Will Smith situation. Didn't he go on tour just after that happened? He did, but not here. Oh, okay, here, yeah. And, and this mystery show he did, it was like, I remember this, I think this must have been back in 2017 or 2018. 
maybe 2016. Yeah. Well before COVID came into play. God, I remember how that messed up the world. Ugh. I feel like it did the world some good ultimately though. It did. Made people that if it wasn't for COVID, I would have never done comedy. Yeah. Because that was that was when I was like, okay, I need to do this, otherwise yes. the world might shut down again. Yes. I mean it, it mentally stressed me and killed me to the point where I was like, man, I want to try something else. And plus we didn't get it bad in Perth, so no, things we are still running. Did we? How how's the house? Looks half decent? Yeah, it's good. Yeah? You, yeah. You're not you're not just saying that? No. No? No. No. It's good enough. Okay. <laughs> She's going to leave and come back next week and make sure she's going to fall apart. Just a couple of things in the bathroom, but that's all right. You'll get the report and um, yeah, show What's the issue in the bathroom? There's some mold present in the shower. I tried to clean it, but like sometimes (laughs) mold mold in the shower is one of those things where it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like no matter how much you wash it, sometimes a shower just needs to be regrouted. Yeah, right. that is that can be the case. Yeah, 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 yeah. that can be the case, hundred percent. Um, I mean, personally, I, I just lather the shower with bleach every single day, and then I tend to not have to do with it. But just bleach, you reckon? Just like yeah, straight strong, bleach, hundred percent. Wait, strong. every single but, day. But you know, I mean, that's just me at my house. I no, know. I'm gonna try the that. Shower will probably fall I'll, I'll be, I'll you be know, getting. I've been like that. Property manager, she told me to just. Put hell hard pour chemicals in here now. All things disintegrate. Well, you, you think, I mean, if it works for you, I'll try it. If you Yeah, say. well, it does. Mold remover. Yeah, it does. I've mold tried mold remover in different there chemicals. There are showers, there are instances. This is a really weird podcast, isn't it? No, it's good. There are instances where um, the shower does need to be regretted and you're not going to be able to rectify the problem. I don't know how it was when you moved in. I haven't. Um, I think there was a little bit in there, but it wasn't too bad yeah like, but I'll try some bleach I love the smell of it anyway so it'll be nice to have well, a shower so I tend to do it like oh, you know, when I'm heading out and I'm not going to have to be around it oh I'll do it when I'm in there I'll do it when I'm having a shower yeah oh god really yeah <laughs> you know you can actually <laughs> drink bleach I'm gonna, skin burns. I'm gonna le- I, I, I was an electrician I was sniffing conduit glue for years before I got into comedy you know so, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah that's what led you there yeah pretty much pretty much yeah alright yeah, yeah, fantastic yeah, yeah. it was good to See ya. Good to see you too. Have a good afternoon. I hope we catch yeah. you at the next rent inspection. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. See ya. See ya. Oh boy. <laughs> mm. Um. What was I gonna say about fucking? Yeah, Favorite so you comedians. can actually drink bleach now. I read a fucking article about this the other day. The Japanese. Uh, Coca-Cola. Of, of, of course. <laughs> That's what I said. That's I literally. Yeah. I read it and I was. Of course, the Japanese as yeah. possible. It's Jap. Uh, Coca-Cola Japan have now made a drinkable bleach. It's like you can now drink bleach. Why would you? And do it's that? like if you're gonna drink bleach, you probably just want to end yourself anyway. Wouldn't yeah. You? It's this is not. Yeah. Ple- this don't, isn't a recommendation to anyone at home. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, don't drink bleach. It won't do you any good. It won't, it won't clean your insides like you think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, bleach does not get rid of AIDS, okay? Well, no. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but yeah, you were talking about your favorite comedian. So you said Billy, you said Norm MacDonald, Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, and Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr. And if I had to be one. Pretty good options. Yeah, pretty good I'm, choices. I'm seeing Jimmy Carr next year and that'll be fucking amazing. Yeah, um, Jimmy Carr. Oh, Jim Jeffries. How the fuck did I forget that? Jim as well. Oh, I wouldn't say he's anything. He doesn't mean too much to me. I respect him, but like. I just like the way he tells stories. His storytelling ability story where he goes on a tangent and then. He'll relate it back and it, oh, it's just so good. I love Billy Connolly myself because he was the first working class comedian to kind of be... Big time. Well, yeah, big time, but also kind of be clean. 
Like he wasn't what? always. Billy Connolly was not no, clean. No, not compared to the working class comedians that were on before him. Like the working class, if you look at the old tapes of like working class comedians before him, they were saying the most blatantly racist shit. Be like, please take my wife. Pretty Stuff much. Like Whereas like Billy Connolly kind of came in and did something a bit different. He was kind of this hippie guy who He didn't write his stuff though. No. Which is ridiculous. Never wrote anything. He said he wouldn't know what he's gonna say on stage that night. Yeah. He'd just go up and he'd just ramble and it's like you know how he started? He was in a banjo band. Yes. Yeah, and he used to riff in between his sets. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, this is pretty good. I might do this on stage. Yeah. And that's crazy that he had one of the most successful comedians in comedy history never fucking put a pen to paper yeah. for comedy. That's nuts. That is, honestly, it's just kind of like- Never been done before, never been done after. Yeah, probably well, never has been. Not yeah. that I know of any comedians today that just go up there and just- there are comedians who riff, but I don't think there's anyone who's riffed entire sets. To the level of Billy Connolly. No. Actually, mm. Steve Martin as well. His fucking his book is amazing. I really want to get Norm MacDonald's book. I've read that. Yeah. You it's you can tell it's written by Norm MacDonald. Yeah. He says shit in there where you're like, I don't know if he's lying or like if he's thing. high or what like the Norm, fuck? I feel like Norm MacDonald's entire life was just one big commitment to a joke. Yeah, yeah like, I feel that. And we were talking about this. I was talking about this with Jake Stanton, where like comedians oftentimes insert like in certain aspects, comedians are so open and honest about aspects of the lives. In other aspects of our lives, we are so very, very private. And for those areas where it's private, we use a com- we use comedy and humor for our defense mechanism. And it's like no, you're not going to... It, it's it's not that I'm going to put up a wall between you and what I don't want you knowing about me. I'm going to distract you with something else. You're going to be much more interested in what I distract you with than this thing I don't want you to know about because it's just for me. It's my own personal thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, I think Norm MacDonald was kind of the epitome of that because I'll, people... I'll lend you that book, man. It's, it's interesting. Mm. There's a point in it. Have you ever heard... I don't know if I should even speak about this. Do you have you heard that um, Norm Macdonald may have been molested as a child? I heard that. So he like there's a part in the book where he's talking about his un- like his his dad's best mate, which is they call like say Uncle Jack or something like that. Mm. His like, Uncle Jack was a sweet old man, you know. And then he talks about this point in the book where he's like, "Oh, Uncle Jack was like, oh, let's go, uh, let's go into this uh, dark room here." And he's like, we went into the dark room and I just forgot the next two years of my life. Mm. And then he just goes on to the next chapter. And you're yeah. like, hang on a second. What the fuck just happened there? Yeah. And I looked it up uh, on, on the internet and like uh, all these Reddit threads came up about it. And it's like, what was he trying to say? Like, was he molested? We don't know. And it's just, it's, He could have been. And, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, That's just his way of dealing with it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, some people never let shit out about them. You know, some people have things in their closet that they will never let out. And I feel like they probably don't let it out a big number of the times, not because they're worried it will affect them. They're probably more worried. So how it will affect the people around them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like telling your son that, yeah, I was molested. Probably depending on the son might be like really traumatizing to them. You know, so like, yeah, finding out that your dad was pillaged. Yeah. So did no, how many kids did Norma Donald have? One. One. He had one son. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, did you watch his uh, his special that he 
like recorded in front of a microphone during COVID and they released it on Netflix? No, I didn't. I should. Interesting watch. It's interesting to see him do his set when there's no laughter and like there's no like beats to go off. Yeah, yeah. Well, only a few comedians are brave enough to do about that. And not only is Norm Macdonald one of the funniest comedians, he's actually one of the bravest too. Definitely. Just in terms of... He's one of those comedians who has never pandered to the audience or what people has told him to do. There's that legendary story about how when he had a great show, he'd sit in the green room and wait for everyone to leave. But when he bombed, he'd go out and he'd shake everyone's hand as they left. Yeah. Or that other thing where... um. I could not do that. Yeah. <laughs> when I bomb, I'm yeah, straight yeah, out yeah, of yeah. that fucking door. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And then other times he's had like great, great fucking... Uh, no, what was it? He... um. He was, he was on a roast panel and he did this roast and the roast master like said to him, we want you to really go for it. We want you to really grill him. I've seen He this. went out and he just read dad, dad jokes from yeah. a book and it was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And everyone's like laughing their ass off. He's like, why is he doing this? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Well, fuck. It's been an hour and 47. Fuck. It's amazing how quick these things go. Yeah. yeah. And we just rambling the whole time. Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? Yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah, that was some yeah, shit yeah. talking right But there. we actually... Dive into wrestling and things like that, which I'm interested. We actually in. went down some serious rabbit holes. There. It's fun, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very good. I just want to say thanks for having me, man. No, I thank you for being it. part of it, man. It's like it's something new. It's something different. But being having a pro wrestling comedian up, and uh, I look forward to. I think you'll be a recurring guest on here. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I will look forward to the future ones. No, I, I look forward to having you on too. Can I just can I plug uh, our next show? Of course. Show? All right. Of so course. for our next show, uh, it's not next week. It's the week after. I Perfect, believe. because this episode is not coming out for a few days. Awesome. Uh, it is the... Actually, I'm going to look up on my phone what the date is. So we're recording this on the 11th. The 22nd. So on the 22nd of October... At the Coburn Youth Centre, so just down the road, the CYC, uh, we will be having our annual Halloween show called Trick or Treat. Uh, I will be in a tag match representing WA uh, versus um, the those scumbag South, South Australians. Australians. Yeah, yep. uh, and people. come to see. It can me and Jagger Stevens get along? We'll find out. But it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hell of a show, people. You got to come down and see it. It might be even a bit of blood. Actually, I don't know. We'll see. Period blood from Peri- pussy yeah. you eat after the show. Yeah, or before. Mm. Just before I go out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. I've never let period blood stop me from eating a pussy. I don't want to comment on that <laughs> right now. Guys, because- this has been the uh, professional degenerates. And for the last segment of the show, I get the guest's input uh, to help name the show. Sometimes, Usually I do this, sometimes I forget, but uh, with you I will. Oh, what do we call the show? Oh, let's call it um, uh, the Rabbit JWC. JWC. Yeah, because it'd be like Jewish a wrestling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jewish <laughs> wrestling comedy. Jewish yeah. wrestling. Com- All right, JWC. Yeah, Jewish yeah. wrestling comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just want to say, if I've offended any other fellow Jews out there, I would just like to apologize. Uh, that was not my initial intention. That was absolutely his intention. That yeah, was not my intention at all. I apologize. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't let's not burn our bridges with the Jewish community and with the Jewish community. Shout out to the Jewish community. If you know any uh, wealthy producers who just dick need sucking that can get us to the next level, I'm your man. I'm right. also your man. Yep. Sweet as. 
Awesome. And we're done.